Marcus Sahaba, the voice of Ahl Sunnah wal Assalamu alaikum wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh, respected listeners of Marcus Sahaba, the voice of Ahl Sunnah wal We welcome our honorable guest, Mufti Muhammad Akusab Tamad Barakatuhu. Mufti Sahab, Assalamu alaikum wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh. Sahaba, the voice of Ahlu Sunnah wal Jama'ah. We welcome Jazakumullah Khairan for joining us too. Um, any ways, Mufti Sahab, at the moment? No, Allah SWT will be around in Newcastle. Alhamdulillah. Today, inshallah, we have an um, interesting topic which Mufti Sahab is going to speak about, and that is about Saad ibn Abi Waqqas radiallahu anhu and an incident that took place in the month of Shaban. Mufti Sahab. Now, as we know of this great Sahabi, anhu, he was a Sahabi whom Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam boasted about. And Nabi sallallahu alayhi wa actually said to the Sahaba, let's see this man, Hada Khali. Khali normally translates as my maternal uncle. But in this context, it doesn't refer to maternal uncle. But it means my mother's family. The Nabi said, show me your mother's family. See how lovely is my mother's family. So we learn from this hadith that we love our father's family, but we should also love our mother's family. And we, if we love our mother's family, we should also love our father's family. May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala help us unite and bring each other together. And bring Amen. mahabba, especially in family members. We find many a time, before the month of Ramadan, shaitan puts a lot of effort in causing hatred, animosity, hostility, because he knows he's going to be locked up. But that's why we should watch our words. We should think before we speak. We should not speak out of turn. Keep the mahabba with unity and, and with, with family members. This is a very, very pertinent thing. And we should, with ourselves and our wives, we should encourage each other. Let's keep the mahabba with family. Otherwise, some, sometimes shaitan uses one against the other to turn one against their own family members. And we find before Ramadan, this actually sometimes happen, happens more because shaitan is working overtime. May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala help us and save us all. Now, what happened here was the background of this incident that I want to say about Hazrat Sa'ad. And also we should remember, see there's Ashara Mubashara. And Hazrat Sa'ad is one of the Ashara Mubashara. And he's actually the last of the Ashara Mubashara to depart from this world. He embraced Islam from a very young age. And when he became Muslim, subhanAllah, he's known to be very close to his mother. And his mother then told him that, my son, you see, if you're going to remain as a Muslim, as you are doing, you're going to see me die. So he says, Ma, I won't be able to manage to see you die. Don't do that. She says, no, I'm going to starve myself to death. So he sat by her. He cared for her. He tried to feed her. He says, Ma, please, you must partake. He says, no. She says, you're going to see me die and you're going to be blamed for the rest of your life for my death because you're causing it. So He says, but how can I cause it, Ma? I'm bringing faith in my Allah and in the truth. You shouldn't be stopping, stopping me from doing that. She says, but that's my decision. He sat by her. He cared for her. But then she said, she asked him, would you leave your faith for me? He says, no. My iman and my faith comes first. She says, but why? You always kept me first in your life. So he says to her, see, Ma, for my iman, I'll be able to see you die a hundred times. Mm. I can see you die a hundred times in front of me, one after the other. I'll love you, I'll care for you, I'll feel sad about what you go through. 
but I'll never forsake my deen for nothing whatsoever. Allah help us preserve our iman, and may Allah make it easy for us. Now, here what had happened was, when Nabi Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam departed from this transitory world, the background of this incident that I want to share is one of the most famous incidents in the lives of Sahaba anhum, from the time of Hazrat Abu Bakr onwards. Because historically, if we open any book on, on history, this is a, 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 an annal of our history that covers many pages, more than other events. So it shows that this event is so pertinent. So I just want to uh, uh, paint the, the first, uh, you know, the discussion, pave the way to this discussion. In Hazrat Abu Bakr's time, Islam entered Persia. From Persia, Hazrat Abu Bakr instructed Hazrat Khalid from there, go to Roman lands because help the other Sahaba that are there and keep Al-Muthanna bin Haritha who was originally in Persia because he comes from a land which is bordering the Persian Empire. Uh, leave him there to continue with the efforts in Persia. Now Hazrat Abu Bakr was departing from this world and Al-Muthanna returned to Medina Munawwara because Khalid had left with half his men. They were uh, 18,000 men. Hazrat Khalid took 9,000 and departed to Syria and Hazrat Muthanna remained. But the armies from the Persian Empire were coming in the hundreds of thousands. So Hazrat and uh, Al-Muthanna returned to Medina to mention this to Hazrat Abu Bakr. Hazrat Abu Bakr was breathing his last, but he said to Hazrat Omar, he says, Allah's deen doesn't stop. You see, when Nabi Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam departed from this world, we continued, Oh, Omar, don't say Abu Bakr had passed away. We are stopping for now. No, carry on. And the first thing is send the men with Al-Muthanna. And that was the first efforts of Hazrat Omar. Sahaba was sent in Allah's way. The first Amir after Al-Muthanna, because Al-Muthanna was removed from position. And this was the system of Hazrat Omar in making tarbiyat. He appointed Abu Ubaid, not Abu Ubaidah. Hazrat Abu Ubaidah is Ashara Mubashara. Abu Ubaid is another much more junior Sahabi. He just embraced Islam recently in the last few months with Nabi Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam. That is Abu Ubaidah Ashara Mubashara. This is another Abu Ubaid bin Mas'ud. He now, he is also from Taif. He was the commander. But Hazrat Umar told him, don't make big decisions without consulting with Al-Muthanna. Now, the, one of the early expeditions in Persia now was the, the battle of the, of the, of the bridge. What happened now with this expedition of the bridge? Ma'arakatul Jisr, it's known as, as in history. The Muslims were on one side of the Euphrates. The Persians were on the other. So as the Muslims were camped on the one side, the commander of the Persian army was namely Bahman Janawi. He writes to the Amir, Abu Ubaid, saying, would you cross the bridge or would you like us rather cross the bridge? Abu Ubaid consulted with his men. They all felt, rather we wait, because the Persians would not uh, comply with the rules of warfare. They would attack us even before we take our lines. And even if it was a battle, but the battle had rules. When he asked Al-Muthanna, Al-Muthanna says, with my experience with these Persian people, rather let them come nicely this side, and the battle take place this side, and it's more beneficial to us. Our numbers are less, we have the help of Allah Ta'ala, but rather we choose the position, and they have given us that option. Abu Ubaid angrily said, no, how can it be so that they prefer to die for their cause rather than us? No, we will cross. 
And when they crossed, exactly as Al-Muthanna, radiallahu anhu, warned Abu Ubaid, this is what happened. The Muslims were just crossing the bridge. The Persians had cornered the Muslims in a small piece of dry land in the form of a U. So the Muslims were surrounded by water. And even before they completely crossed the bridge, some of them were still in the bridge. They hadn't even taken their lines yet. The Persians unleashed their elephants. And now the Muslim horses were petrified of these elephants and they turned and ran, retreated. And the, the, now the Sahaba got off the horses and went back on foot to return to the thing. Now everything became halter-skelter. Abu, the, the, the battle started before its time because the Persians attacked illegally. And Abu Ubaid now tries to disinfect the elephant by trying to go for the trunk, but he was crushed. And few other people from his family that he appointed after him were also crushed. Now Al-Muthanna sees that so many of the Muslims had already been martyred because they were pushed into the water, because they were surrounded by a dry land, uh, surrounded by water in the shape of a U. Almost few thousand Muslims had passed on by now, more than 2,000. Al-Muthanna is instructing them, okay, let's retreat for now. We go on to the other side. And just then, because the, the, the previous Amir had passed on, Al-Muthanna has to take over, radiallahu anhu. One of those close to Abu Ubaid breaks the bridge. He cuts it. And now the Muslims are jammed. And that man says, no, you should rather die for what Abu Ubaid died for. And in this whole frenzy, Al-Muthanna radiallahu gets some to repair the bridge and he and others are defending. Now imagine the Muslims are a few thousand. The Persians are over 100,000 and they are surrounded. Anyway, the bridge gets repaired and Al-Muthanna and few others are defending, radiallahu anhu, and the Persians are charging. And alhamdulillah, the bridge does get repaired and the Muslims do escape. More than 4,000 become shaheed. But imagine the last man standing facing 100,000 men on the other side is one man, Al-Muthanna bin Haritha al-Shaybani. And he fought and defended. And finally, he made it to the other side. At that time, he was titled the Wounded Lion. When Hazrat Umar heard the Skar Guzari, Hazrat Umar was emotional. And he was touched by the efforts of Al-Muthanna. He says, now we need to send reinforcements. And despite Al-Muthanna's wounds, he kept on defending Islam even thereafter. And this is 13th year Shaban. When Hazrat Umar gets to know of this and he makes and he prepares the men and so forth. Months went by. Al-Muthanna radiallahu who is defending for Allah's deen. Few months went by. 14th year Shaban. Hazrat Umar's men are ready. In that mashura in Medina Manawara, Hazrat Umar made mashura and he felt he should go. But his shura, most of whom were the Badri Sahaba, said, you cannot go. We do not agree on you going. And Hazrat Umar thought about it and planned. And then he says, I found him, the right man, Allah's Nabi's family member, Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam, a man who has never lost in an expedition, a Badri Sahabi, a Ashara Mubashara. Who are you referring to, O Amir al-Mu'mineen? He said, none other than Sa'ad bin Abi Waqqas, radiallahu anhu. And Hazrat Sa'ad got ready. They departed from Medina Munawwara in the 14th year Hijri uh, in the, on the 13th of Sha'ban. Hazrat Umar advises Hazrat Sa'ad. He says to him, O oh, Sa'ad. And after he gives advice to the whole army, he then says to Sa'ad, 
calls him one side and he says, Let it not beguile you that others will say, Oh, this is the family member of Nabi Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam. Remember, O Sa'ad, Allah does not remove sin through sin. Allah will remove bad conditions through good deeds. And remember, Allah has no family. Allah's obedience is what will bring you the help of Allah. Before Allah, no matter what's our status in this world, we are equal before Allah. Allah is our Rabb. And this is the advice he gives Hazrat Sa'ad. Anyway, Allahu Akbar, they depart. Hazrat Umar wants Hazrat Sa'ad to write him Kar Kuzari and a report of every stage of the journey. Whilst the Sahaba were reaching Qadisiyah, because Hazrat Umar said, make the camp of the expedition Qadisiyah. Hazrat Umar sends another letter. Amma ba'd, O Sa'ad, fata'ahad qalbak. Keep on checking your heart and keep on advising your men. Bil mu'idah, good advice. Wal-niya wal-hisbah, remind them of intention. Wal-hisbah, remind them to reckon themselves. And remind them, hisbah is to question ourselves, interrogate ourselves, correct ourselves. And, and hisbah also means to hope in Allah's reward. And then he said, remember, Allah's help will come in accordance to our niyyah. Then he said, Hazrat Umar, in the letter that is read to the entire men of Sahaba and Tabi'een in Persia, then Hazrat Umar says to Hazrat Sa'ad, keep me well informed of every leg of the journey. Where you are, describe the enemy to me. Describe their men. Tell me who's their commander. And this is the route that you all should take. And then Hazrat Umar says to Hazrat Sa'ad, remember, O oh Allah's men, Allah is granting deen victory. Because Allah's promise is true. And Allah is responsible to do this. Nothing can stop Allah's decree. But what we have to worry about, O Allah's men, is let it not be that Allah uses someone else. And Allah will replace you, O Allah's men. Allah doesn't need us. Let's uphold Allah's command, strive for Allah sincerely, because then Allah will use us. Otherwise, deen will triumph with us or without us. Subhanallah. So marvelous are the letters of Hazrat Umar to, to his men. And then he writes another letter where he says, Remember, O Sa'ad, tell your men, make sure we stay away from sins. Because we should be more cautious of sins than even the fear we have for our enemy. وَآمُرُكَ وَمَنْ مَعَكَ أَنْ تَكُونَ أَشَدَّ إِحْتِرَاسًا مِّنَ الْمَعَاصِي مِنْكُمْ مِنْ عَدُوِكُمْ And then he says, the sins of the men are more deadly than the enemy also. Because Muslims acquire victory when the enemy perpetrates sins. And if it wasn't for that, and we perpetrate like they perpetrate, our numbers are not like their numbers. Nor is our level of weaponry like theirs. But we are equal to them in violation of Allah's commands then definitely they become superior and become the victors. This is verbatim Hazrat Umar's words to the men of Allah. Subhanallah. And you know, when we hear our elders say in the past, because subhanallah, and this is the difference in uh, Allah make it easy for our brothers who are standing up for Allah's deen, 14 now. Otherwise in history, so many people stood up in this last century. But when one stands up for nationality or stands up for, for, for just for land, it, 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 
It doesn't have that impact. Now our brothers are standing up for Allah's deen. There's a big difference when one stands up for Allah's deen. Otherwise, historically, there were so many Arab Springs and this and that and, and so forth. But the intention has such an impact. Like now, the brothers are so strongly connected to the Qur'an, so strongly connected to deen, so strongly connected to the sunnah. Allah accept the shuhada of our brothers. Allah make it easy for them. But we learn from Hazrat Umar, Umar radiallahu's advice. And this is what our brothers are doing there, Allahu Akbar. Now, Sahaba were camped at Persia. Hazrat Sa'ad sent 14 men to meet Yazdajir. Now, this is a 160-kilometer journey. To, to the capital, Tesiphon. So they go and meet Yazdajir to invite him to Islam. Then Rustam is camped on the other side because the battle is going to take place in Qadisila. So Hazrat Umar, uh, Hazrat Sa'ad sends three Sahaba on three consecutive occasions. The first day, Hazrat Ribi'i. The second day, Hazrat Hurifa bin Mihsan. The third day, Hazrat Mughira bin Shu'bah. But the crux of this is when Ribi'i arrives before the army general of the Persian army that he is numbering, just just their soldiers are 120,000. Then they have guards and servants. <coughs> then they have guards and servants that number another 120,000. They guards and servants. And so when Ribi appears before them, they want to show the Muslims their pomp and glory. Hazrat Ribi takes effect from none of, none of that. And then Rustam is shocked. He says, what brings you all here? Because he sees how the Sahabi discarded any of that gold and luxuries portrayed before him in the camp of Rustam. He's not affected by any of that. So he says, what brings you people here? Hazrat Rabi'i responds, ma jitna ilaykum. Actually, we haven't come. And why? What are you all doing here then if you haven't come? He says, Allahu ta'athana ilaykum. Allah has sent us to you. He says, Allah has sent us to you to take mankind out of the servitude of things and to place mankind in the servitude of one Allah. And to take mankind out of the unjust system of this world into the justice of Islam. To take mankind out of the constrained system of doing for the world only. And to <sighs> place them into the vastness of Islam. Because the vastness of Islam is vastness in the heart, in dunya and akhirah. Allah has sent us with his deen to all of his creation, to give Allah's creation dawat. Hey, Rustam was shocked by this dawat. When Hazrat Rib'i took leave, because then he asked for more time and so forth, Hazrat Rib'i explained that this is our system as Muslims. And the, the, the commander was shocked. Are you the Amir? And so forth. He says, no, I'm one of the brothers and we all are equal. We sit together and so forth. And he was really inspired by that. To such an extent, in the Hayat al-Sahaba, I would love our listeners to see, in the third volume, right towards the end, one of the last incidents is Rustam then sends a spy into the Muslims. See these people, what makes them so powerful? Why are we so petrified of them? What makes them so great? And that spy returns to Rustam after a few days 
and he gives Kar Guzari, he gives the report back of the Muslims. He says, these people are so honest, are so fair. And one thing he highlighted about the Muslims was they used the miswak. And to such an extent, while this reporter is giving this report to Rustum, this report says someone gave the adhan. And Rustum got petrified. What is this? Are they coming for us? So this spy is telling him, no, no. It is, this is their call to prayer. Rustum was terrified. And he says, you know, Omar from Medina is, is, is chewing on my liver. Akala Omaru kapiti. Omar has devoured my liver, meaning I'm finished. This was what an impact Sahaba had. Even on the third day when Hazrat Mughira bin Shuaba came to meet Rustum, he sat next to Rustum. And Rustum was offended by that. But Hazrat Mughira was a master. He knew how to speak the lingo of the Persians too. And then he said, see, you people treat creation like slaves. We uplift the level of slaves and treat humanity with equality and love and integrity and honesty. And now Hazrat Mughira had all the Persian slaves basically eating off his hands, listening to the beauty of Islam. And so many people then from the Persians embraced Islam because Sahaba came to liberate the world, show humanity justice and integrity. Allah give us tawfiq as Muslims, alhamdulillah. So this is one of these pertinent events that happened in this month of Shaban, going into Ramadan. This is our history. From here, Islam reached far, far in the, in the, uh, to the world. The same area we're speaking of, Years later becomes the capital of the Muslim world for almost five centuries. From the year 132 Hijri to 656 Hijri, this was the center of the world. It was the most advanced city in the world, where the libraries of the city were kilometers long. And any form of education, firstly religious, and then any sort of technology and information you wanted, you would come to this city to acquire that. It was the Khilafah of the Abbasid dynasty, the Sunnah Khilafah of, of, of the Abbasid dynasty, alhamdulillah, the offspring of Hazrat Abbas, this was the capital thereafter. And all of this was prophesied by Rasulullah, where Sahaba would take Persia and so forth. Because from here, then Hazrat Sa'ad. Now let's remember a Sahabi, and I want one and all, with, with Malala's permission, can I say something about Ramadan also, Hazrat Maha? Chief, please. Allah reward you, because in this expedition, after Sahaba conquered, Alhamdulillah, they went, they went to a few other areas. They finally reached the capital, Tesiphon. And Hazrat Sa'ad, and with him alongside was Hazrat Salman. Now, remember, Hazrat Salman is the longest living Sahabi. He was the Sahabi who lived the longest life. He didn't pass away last from the Sahaba, but Hafid ibn Hajar says he lived no less than 250 years. So he lived long before Nabi Wasallam's time. And Allah prolonged his life because of some wisdom of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and his zest to learn the truth. I know this sounds like a fairy tale to some listeners, but really it isn't because Hafid ibn Hajar is known for his strictness in verifying these narrations. And yes, Allah ta'ala preserved him. He passed away in the in the somewhere 30s Hijri, 36 Hijri, but he lived long before that. And he was in this expedition. Now imagine him, Ya Allah. He's with Hazrat Sa'ad, but from, a, from his childhood, he came from here. His father was a leader of one small town. And he, Hazrat Salman's name was Mazah bin Budikshan. He was in charge of the Zoroastrians' fire to make sure it's kindled constantly. But then it used to hurt him that he is in charge to make sure the fire burns and everyone is worshipping the fire. There has to be a creep. 
And subhanallah, he searched for the truth and Allah guided him. Now he's with Hazrat Sa'ad and together study how they crossed through the Euphrates, ya Allah, without anyone drowning. Allah Ta'ala was carrying them inside the water. This report says they were a little bit in the water, but they were carried karama, miraculously. When they arrive at Tesiphon, they fall in sajda. They, dis- they, 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 they demarcate the masjid area. Then Hazrat Salman goes for gush with the others, but he speaks the language to speak to the local people there that we are not here to you, oppress you or harm you. We are here for your khair, to liberate you. And so many embraced Islam and people were not forced to embrace Islam also. But why I'm mentioning Hazrat Salman? Because I want everyone to open the Fadailul A'mal. In this kitab, there is a book called Fadail Ramadan. If we haven't started already, Let's make sure we start today. Sit with our children. Open your Fadail Amal towards the end, like about the second last book in this beautiful volume. There's another book inside there. Because there's six books inside this kitab. That, that book is titled The Fadail of Ramadan. I want you to see who is the narrator of the first hadith in this kitab. And this I want you to see, right? I obviously gave you a clue. So this Sahabi says, before Ramadan came in, Rasulullah sallallahu told us about the virtues of Ramadan, about the virtue of every fast, about the virtue of every qiyam of taraweeh. Also, very, very importantly, let's not make a mistake. Every day throughout the year, there is taraweeh. There is, sorry, there is tahajjud. In Ramadan, there is also taraweeh. Some people make a mistake and they say, no, it's, it's, uh, it's only eight rak'at. Eight rak'at is throughout the year. That is tahajjud. Hazrat Aisha narrates the tahajjud of Nabi Sallallahu in Ramadan and out of Ramadan. Taraweeh is specified for Ramadan. It's the first part of the night. It's different. Don't make that mistake, respected listeners. Something else highlighted in this hadith is also the virtue of every nafil and the virtue of every fardak. This is the season. This is our season. And also in this hadith, it's also mentioned about one's treatment of one's subordinates and helpers and employees. This is something very, very pertinent for us as Muslims. We have to keep our cool. Fasting does not justify us losing our cool, thinking that we can talk to people the way we like, or we can uh, scream at people the way we like. This should not be the case, respected ummatis of Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wasallam. But we have to still remain polite and kind, and actually more polite, because we are conscious of Allah Ta'ala. The one hadith in Tabarani mentions, Ramadan. Be careful in this month of Ramadan. We always hear how virtuous is Ramadan, rightfully so. But there's a flip side to the coin in this way, that sins and violations in Ramadan is more serious than any other month. This hadith says Allah has given us 12 months. All are gifts of Allah. But in caution, this is the month we have to be more cautious in. So this is a very pertinent point that I would love to share with you. In that first hadith, I'm not telling you the narrator now. I want you to check up the narrator and Allah Ta'ala give us tawfiq to spend Ramadan correctly and then spend our life like how we spend Ramadan. As Hazrat Mawlana Amul Hassan said, Rahmatullah Jazakallah for the opportunity. Jazakallah khairan, Mufti Saab, for these beautiful advices. Please make dua for us. Assalamu alaikum wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh. Marcus Sahaba, the voice of Ahl Sunnah wal Jamaah.